Welcome to Insights and Strategies with Barbara Lang. On the program today, Barbara and her guests will discuss the topics you want to hear more about, from business leadership to community and education. It all affects our bottom line. Now, here is your host, Barbara Lang. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Insights and Strategies, where we will bring you thoughtful and provoking insight on a variety of business issues that impact you and your organization on a daily basis. I am your host, Barbara Lang, Managing Principal and CEO of Lang Strategies, LLC. We want to impart information that can serve as good advice and counsel to you. We'll be tweeting during the show, so please join the conversation at langstrategies.com. And you can always reach me at bblang at langstrategies.com. And also learn more about our firm at www.langstrategies.com. On previous shows, we have discussed such topics as, as international business development, impact of the 2016 presidential election on business, cybersecurity challenges, and the business costs of health care, just to name a few. Today, our topic is the art of networking and relationship building for your business. We hope to answer the following questions. Just what is relationship building about? Why do we need to build and sustain those relationships? How do you build relationships? And how does this help your business? Just imagine a wheel in which you are at the hub or center, and each spoke represents a relationship with another person. It takes a lot of spokes to hold that wheel together, and the wheel is what keeps your initiative moving. Today, we have three guests who know just a little bit about this subject. In fact, they are superb at networking and building relationships. Please join me in welcoming Tony Cord, the managing partner and director of the Newport Board Group, Amentha Mike Cruz, the former president and CEO of the Aspen Group, and Joshua Karen, founder of Geppetto Catering. Welcome all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Let's begin our discussion today. And Tony, let's start with you. You are absolutely everywhere at every event in this region, large and small. How do you do this? And more importantly, what has been the benefit? Well, thank you, Barbara. And hello, to everyone in the community listening in, networking is extremely important in being strategic to expand and make your business more impactful. I appreciate that I'm perceived at being everywhere, but the truth is I take a strategic approach and I pick and choose my shots. I try to arrive early at events and I know how to get off stage early. And so I can cover multiple events in a single day. The importance of relationships in a business can't be overestimated. It's the lifeblood uh, of your business and your reputation as 
a connector or networker can be enhanced if you take the following suggested strategy, and that is to embark upon a give-to-get approach. Go into networking opportunities looking to help other people. What is it I can do to help you? So I'll hit the pause button there. And, Barbara, thank you again for the opportunity to share insights with your community. Well, well, thank you so much. And it's just not the DMV. This, uh, this show is broadcast nationally and internationally. So you guys are reaching a really wide audience today. Um, but you are everywhere, Tony. I will just say that. Uh, I know I'm in the right place when I go into an event and you are there. <laughs> That's very flattering. Thank you, Barbara. Mike, almost 30 years ago, you began the Aspen Group a staffing company that you grew over these years into an almost $50 million enterprise. Tell us a little bit about how networking and building relationships helped you along these almost 30 years. Well, thank you, Barbara. Well, Barbara, when I first started out, I was told that marketing, the key to marketing was really just constantly making calls, making um, just going from door to door or making calls. And so I didn't like that. I thought, well, the, first of all, that's not me. So what I did was I started to build a relationship or build the business based on relationships because what has happened or what happened to Aspen over the 50 years, we never did any traditional marketing. Everything that we did was shocks everybody was built on relationships. That's how we built the company. So we never did traditional marketing. That Those relationships take time. You, you, how I did it was in terms of looking at who it was that I wanted to build that relationship with, finding out where they were. If they were on a committee, I joined that committee. I'd find out how I could bring value to them. Once I built their trust and they trusted me, then they would start to open other doors for me. And it didn't happen overnight. It takes time. But the key is that in building that relationship, you've got to establish yourself as a person who can deliver, a person who has integrity, a person who's sincere, and a person who really is ready to go that extra mile to bring value to that client. Once they find that out, you, the business door is open, and they start to introduce you. You don't have to do anything because they start to market for you. Oh, excellent advice, Mike. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Josh, your business yes. is in catering and event planning, so it puts you with people all day, every day, probably seven days a week. Now, while you are a small business, I'm intrigued because so many of your clients uh, are larger businesses, and you are extremely comfortable in that space. How did all this come to pass? And tell us a little bit about how you, uh, relationship building, helped your company. Uh, thank you, Barbara. I, I look at my relationships with the people that I work with um, as friendships first, and I try to establish a friendship. And uh, whether you're a big business or a small business, we're all people, and we all have same similar experiences. So I try to find that common link, whether it be sporting activities, whether it be school, where someone's from. And in talking to people, um, if you are from Rockville and, and you start talking about the great restaurant in Rockville, 
So for me, it's really about finding a common connection. Um, and then also, as the other guests have said, it's really about trying to help others. Um, I really try to live by the phrase, giver's gain. Um, I try to give more. And um, by, by helping connect other people to people that might help their business, by uh, helping them get connected to other organizations that might help them personally or professionally. And as Mike said, what ends up happening is that you're not really selling yourself or your business. You're just being a good person. And what my belief is is they see that you're willing to do this for them personally, and so they're willing to give you your business because they've earned you've earned their trust. And uh, you know, so I don't ask for any business. I just try to be a good person, and in return, the business then follows. So they just come back to you because of the relationships uh, that you have been building and the friends you've been accumulating uh, over time. Correct. Very, 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 very good advice. I see we have the three right people uh, for this. <laughs> Tony, you know, you mentioned this earlier in your in your first response and uh, about targeting people arriving early. And so, tell us a little bit about your approach. When you enter an event, you said that you start early, you're there, and I assume you scope out the room. Do you do any pre-planning of people that you're going to, that you think are going to be there that you want to make sure that you connect with? Tell us, walk us through an event. Sure. Well, it pays to be organized, and as part of being organized, I strongly suggest that you reach out to the organizing uh, um um, entity, the group that's hosting the event, and find out if they share the attendee list. That way you can be strategic and look at the folks who are there, people that you know, people that you don't know, people that you aspire to know, and you can get a head start by reaching out to that organization and letting them know that you are interested in meeting certain people. So if I reach out to an organization and indicate that I'm interested in meeting Mike and Josh, um, typically the leadership will be uh, very kind and will help facilitate that introduction. So being organized, number one, um, getting a glance at the attendee list is uh, something that I encourage everyone to consider doing. Secondly, I encourage you to have a system whereby you have a place for your business cards that's easily accessible and a place for business cards that you receive during the networking event. And keep in mind, ladies, for you in particular, you want to be graceful and have a specific place, um, either within your business suit or within your attache or, or purse where your cards are. Same with the gents. Have a pocket that's designated for cards that you have that you may give out and another pocket for cards that you receive. You see, also, that's something I, I always I always forget that, and then I'm always digging in my purse for my card. So I'll, re- I'll take that advice from you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's, it's very important to um, consider the following advice, which is when you're engaged talking with someone, you want to be able to engage and disengage fairly quickly, and that's not to be uh, in any way rude, but at a networking event, you have a job to do, and that is to acknowledge people that you already know, 
but no need to engage them deeply, and try to meet new people. And in the course of trying to meet new people, you want to be a keen listener. And so what I typically do is walk up to someone and introduce myself. Hello. And if we have name tags on, I'll spy their name. Hello, Barbara. I'm Tony Cord. How are you this evening? Tell me a little bit about yourself and about your organization. And if I hit the pause button and I'm a keen listener, Barbara will share some insights about who she is, why she's there, what her organization is about. And with all due respect, if Barbara and her organization are not of strategic interest to me, I'll be cordial, of course, but I won't spend a lot of time, and I may not even ask her for her business card. And I won't give her a business card unless she asks for one. And that's a, 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 a key strategy that I recommend, which is ask for a card only if you're interested in following up with the person and never offer a card unless you're asked. Because your card's just going to end up in a graveyard on someone else's credenza. But if they're interested in what you've offered up, then they'll ask you for your card. Very good. I want to continue this line of thought, but we do need to take a quick uh, commercial break right now. Please stay with us as we continue our discussion, (laughs) great discussion, on the art of networking and relationship building. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Lang Strategies is the leader in providing businesses and nonprofits with insight on business development, operational excellence, political strategy, tactical planning, marketing communications, leadership management, and cultural transition services for international businesses. Each member of our team is an expert in their respective field, and each of them are dedicated to serving in the best interests of our diverse client base. Our business is to define our clients' needs and create a customized plan to exceed their goals and objectives. We compete aggressively and successfully for our clients' respect and trust. We also care deeply about the communities we serve, and our expertise in civic and grassroots campaigns serves our clients well on a variety of issues. We appreciate the faith, support, dedication, and investment of our clients and community in Lang Strategies, and we look forward to a successful and sustainable partnership. For more information or to put Lang Strategies to work for your organization, visit us on the web at langstrategies.com that's langstrategies.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you are listening to insights and strategies to reach barbara lang or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to bboyer at langstrategies.com if you have any questions or comments about the program. Now, back to Insights and Strategies. Hello and welcome back. I'm glad you stayed with us. Let's continue our conversation with our guests, Tony Cord. Amentha, Mike Cruz, and Josh Karen. 
Tony, just before the break, you gave out uh, what I thought was just a valuable piece of advice, and that is once you engage with somebody at an event, you um, and after you know being polite and pleasant and finding out a little bit about them, but you find that that whatever it is they do. Uh, and their business is not going to be of much benefit to you um, uh, in the in the short term, and so uh, you are able to gracefully, you know, get out of the conversation, be uh, very kind and respectful. But one of the things you said is that uh, you don't give your business card unless they ask for it, and you don't really ask for. Uh, uh, the that person's business card either. Can you expand a little bit on, uh, about that before we move on? Sure, Barbara. It's important to recognize that our time is precious and that the very act of collecting business cards or giving business cards uh, doesn't help you manage your time or your business well. So my philosophy is if I have an engaging conversation with someone, and I'm kind, I don't want to uh, disappoint them, but if I don't ask for their card, that doesn't mean I don't like them. In fact, I'll typically ask, so how can I help you with your business? Or alternatively, I'll ask, who here can I introduce you to this evening at this event? And if the response is uh, affirmative, they'd like to meet Barbara Lang, I will uh, be as generous as I can to connect her or him to Barbara. But there's no need for me to get that business card if there's not a, uh, an immediate business rationale uh, for me to follow up. If there is, I do ask for that card, and I'll typically get out an ink pen, and I'll jot down a note or two to jog my memory. And that leads me to another recommendation, Barbara, and I'm sure that uh, the other guests will concur. Follow-up is critically important. When you're in a networking environment and you connect well with someone, the follow-up is where the rubber meets the road. So I'll and stop there, but uh, the follow-up is incredibly important, and uh, I think the other guests will want to comment on that as well. Yeah, it, it shows that you're interested and you just weren't running around the room uh, uh, collecting uh, collecting cards. Kind of as a follow-on to that, uh, kind of related to your last comment, Tony, question uh, that I would ask all of you is you all have been to uh, hundreds and hundreds of events, some just networking, some galas where there are, where it's a sit-down dinner. In uh, what There is no absence of those kinds of events in Washington, D.C., particularly from September to June. You usually get a little break in July and August. But if you Think about your experiences in this arena. What would you say uh, the biggest mistake that people that are engaging in networking and looking for business, what mistake do they make? Uh, Josh, and, and you are on both sides of this. You are sometimes catering the event, and then you are an attendee and participant as well. What are what mistakes do you see people make when uh, they are approaching other folks? Um, I have several that come to mind. Um, not being a good listener, um, when you're talking to someone and they're looking over your shoulder to see who's behind you because they want to see if that's a better catch. 
Um, <laughs> I think that that's, that's a really bad one. Um, when people are trying to sell, um, you know, I think uh, networking is like dating. Uh, you want to get to know someone a couple times, uh, maybe via the telephone, and from that you maybe have a coffee, and from that maybe you spend a day together, and then the relationship kind of grows into something a little bit more of a commitment like a marriage. Um, I think networking is the exact same thing. Uh, it's that first touch when you're at, at that event, whatever it might be, and then, as Tony said, you know, the follow-up, and, and, and if there is someone that you have promised to connect them with, please do it and do it promptly. Um, if there's uh, uh, someone that they have said that they would be willing to connect you with, I would follow up and, and, and thank them for that. Um, and then over time, the relationships grow. But I think that people kind of go at it too quickly. And I think it put, you know, again, if you equate it to dating, I think that could push people off. Sure, sure. Mike, um, anything to add to that? Well, I would just add in general that when I am out, whether it be to a dinner or whatever, I never take anyone for granted. I never know who I'm dealing with. So I'm very pleasant and engaging to everyone that I meet. I start my whole process of even networking or building that relationship from the time I enter the door. If I'm riding in, um, if I'm out of town and if I'm in a car, right, a pool with other people, I'm starting to network immediately from the time I walk through. I'm dealing with everyone. One of the things I've learned, you never know who can really help you. So you should always be open in terms of being engaging, respectful, and inviting to everyone. People, when you make people feel good and when you appreciate them, they will open up to you and give you the world. Sometimes it's a person who certainly doesn't have the stature or the status that we think that we want to engage with, but that is the very person who can introduce you to someone else. I've seen it happen many times. And when I'm at a function, I normally strategically want to know who's at that table. I want to try and sit next to them. Uh, If I can, if I can't sit next to them, I'm talking to someone else who can make the introduction. I think Mm -hmm. that whenever there's someone that you want to meet, find someone who can make that introduction for you, and because then it becomes, um, it certainly, it becomes more open, more, um, you are certainly accepted more, as opposed to just feeling like you're just pushing your way in. People are busy. People are preoccupied. And you want to use that time to find something in common that they find of interest with you. When they do have something interest and they find value, they're going to open up to you. So and those are some of the things that when I'm out, and about whether I'm going someplace, where I'm there, or I'm sitting at a, a table with them. Uh, and the other thing I think is very, very important when you're out is protocol. You've got to pay attention to protocol. When you're out dining, pay attention to protocol, what's appropriate. Um, look at who's around you uh, in terms of um, some of the things that may be important to them. And you certainly, if it's somebody especially that you want to meet or a conversation or something, you're listening all the time. Many times people talk, 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 and when they're talking, you, people close you out. And so you have to pay attention to the body cues. You have to pay attention to everything when you're out so that you will make the right move, make the right impression, and be able to continue to follow up with them and let that not be the end of that relationship, but only the beginning. <laughs> Sometimes you say nothing. 
You simply mm-hmm. smile, you're pleasant, you get them to dislike you, to feel that because you're not bothering them, you're not trying to force yourself on them. Mm-hmm. So just by doing that, the next time you build it again and again. So each of them is very, very individual, and you've got to know that. So when you're in a situation, you assess it, and you look at what kind of behavior do I need to um, represent here? How do I need to respond? Who is that one of me? What's important to them? What do I have in common with them? If I don't, how can I find a way to meet them? Whether sitting next, even sitting next to them is not always good. Because if you're sitting next to them and you don't have anything to say, you've lost your shot. But right. you find a way to really mm-hmm. engage with them when there's a time when you follow up and find out what they are about, what's important to them, so that when you do have that opportunity, you get their attention. Tony, anything to add uh, to add on mistakes? Yeah. I would. Um, there are several big mistakes that I see all too frequently, and I know that Mike and Josh have seen the same ones, and that is walk into a room and the folks who already know one another are engaged with one another deeply, and they stand and talk and talk and talk. They don't let others into their conversation, and 10 minutes later, they're still talking. And, again, they already know one another. It's incredible to me when I walk in and see folks whose job it is to develop new business talking with other new business developers. They need to be talking to the operating people of companies, not another business developer. So those are two um, very vivid examples of doing something wrong at a networking event. The other is trying to target people that, that you think are the big players. And this goes to what Mike indicated. Um, my philosophy is I try to treat everyone with dignity and respect. And as a peer, you never know who the real influencers are in getting business done. And to just target someone because she or he has CEO or chairwoman after their name is a mistake, in my opinion. The other thing that's, that's a big mistake is staying engaged too long. Again, in context, networking is an environment where you can make initial connections. And to Josh's point, you're dating. So you're making friendly connections, but you need to disengage, get up, get off stage gracefully. And, that is an art. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you're conscious of that, thinking that, hey, my time is precious, we only have X amount of time here, and if you are having an engaging conversation, you can simply say, pardon me, I know that you'd like to talk and meet with some other folks tonight, so I'd like to follow up with you offline if you're okay with that. And that's a graceful way to move on. So those sure. are the mistakes that I see most frequently. Uh, good, good advice. Uh, we're going to stop right now and take another break. We do have to pay the bills. We will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Lang Strategies is the leader in providing businesses and nonprofits with insight on business development. 
operational excellence, political strategy, tactical planning, marketing communications, leadership management, and cultural transition services for international businesses. Each member of our team is an expert in their respective field, and each of them are dedicated to serving in the best interests of our diverse client base. Our business is to define our clients' needs and create a customized plan to exceed their goals and objectives. We compete aggressively and successfully for our clients' respect and trust. We also care deeply about the communities we serve, and our expertise in civic and grassroots campaigns serves our clients well on a variety of issues. We appreciate the faith, support, dedication, and investment of our clients and community in Lang Strategies, and we look forward to a successful and sustainable partnership. For more information or to put Lang Strategies to work for your organization, visit us on the web at langstrategies.com. That's langstrategies.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Insights and Strategies. To reach Barbara Lang or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to bboyer at langstrategies.com if you have any questions or comments about the program. Now, back to Insights and Strategies. Well, thanks for staying with us. We're having a fascinating uh, conversation on the art of networking and relationship building. Just before the break, uh, all three of our guests talked a little bit about the biggest mistakes that people make when they are at a networking event or a gala. And they're one of you hinted on one, and that is you don't ever know the level of the person you're talking to, and you don't... Um, and so people can sometimes be dismissive of what they view as a lower level person. And I will just add my experience. You know, one of the things I found over these uh, 30, 40 years being in the in the business world is that the executive assistant is the most important person in getting you in to see somebody. And I always would develop uh, close relationships with that person because they can make or break you. And I think it was Mike alluded to it earlier about you never know the level and and how important people are. And I would just say you, you treat all people with importance because you're right. And that person who may be the lowest person on the executive ranks or on the totem pole, but they will be so helpful to you. So always get to know that executive assistant. The second thing that I noticed that people do is they go at events and all they're doing is just passing out business cards like they're dealing cards. And, uh, and, and you know where those cards will end up uh, in the trash can. So uh, that's kind of my piece of advice as, uh, as we move forward. Um, you know, all of you have, um, have been in this space, and I know that there are people uh, who want to make relationships just don't know how to do that, and they are very shy and not very comfortable in working a room. Um, 
Mike, how does somebody get over that? How do they become a little bit more comfortable and going up to a group that they see is already in conversation? How do they, how do you break into that? And how do you have these very shy people who need to get out of their little box uh, become a little bit more comfortable with doing that? Uh, I see that a lot. And I, I've seen people, when we go to a networking function, they stand back, they stay in the corner. They never do anything. They completely lose that moment. And so the um, only advice that I will say to them is that the way to do that is, there are a couple of ways. First of all, you, if that's not your nature, and that's okay because everybody is different. But if there's someone that you want to meet, have someone that you know, you feel comfortable with, or have someone to introduce you to say, I'd like to meet. Can you, can you make that happen for me? And then you have that person to actually make that introduction. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, so, and it, and it could be any, it could be your friend who may have a contact, or it could be a business associate who may have that contact, but you ask them, and they'll graciously introduce, and they'll also give you any input that you need, because one thing I don't want to lose sight of is that it, because it's so important when you make the introduction, you only have one shot. You've really got to make that first impression. So what you want to do is make it as um, pleasant, as effective as you can, and clearly by um, not, over, not just talking, but listening, listening to what the person has to say, and then you have a better indicator what your next move needs to be rather than, oh, i got a shot, now let me just talk, talk, talk. Wrong move. Meet them graciously, and then and start to um, build that relationship gradually. The other thing too, when you're in a major function, when people are sitting down to dinner and they've sat down, and you're kind of shy and you don't really want to go out and make that room. Sometimes it's just very nice once they're sitting down, but do it appropriately. Not whether it's food in their mouths or they're eating, but pick the right time to just go over and say, "Hi, how are you? I just wanted to say hello." And um, I knew you from so-and-so, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to contact you again or follow up. So you just make that introduction very light, very nice, but looking for times when you might find that person that you want to meet alone, not in a group, and being able to. And, and, could, and Barbara, it could be even in the ladies' room. Sometimes somebody is there, and you, you, that sounds strange, but it's real. You, you make that contact, somebody you wanted to meet. I hate to sound like a stalker, but I will stalk <laughs> a person. <laughs> I will stalk them, but they never know they're being stalked. So. <laughs> Very good. And when I, when I find them those most vulnerable, that is when I make my move. So what I say to people, I tell people, I say, look, you know, you got to look, watch, see, and see when you have the opportunity just to, you know, um, make that move. So normally, though, my best advice would be have someone make the introduction for you. Okay. Josh uh, or Tony, any um, additional uh, ads you'd like to make to uh, the shy uh, folks that are not as comfortable as you all are in working a room? Um, I would suggest doing your homework, as Tony said earlier on, um, finding out who's going to be there, reading the paper, listening to the news on the radio, so you have a sense of what's going on. Again, try to find that common connection. Um, I think... um, calling in advance and, and finding out if someone can make that introduction for you. 
there's the term wingman, bring someone with you uh, that will, will, will help you feel more comfortable as you work the room. And what I have found is as you do it more and more, your network grows, and then it becomes easier and easier. And uh, so it, it sounds crazy. You just got to go again and again and again. And as your network grows, uh, you and you'll get really more comfortable. You'll get more yeah. comfortable in that kind of setting. Tony, talk a little bit. And at the beginning of the the first segment, I think you talked about a give or get uh, approach around networking. And so I'd like to ask and and others to chime in too. But I'll start with you, Tony. On does providing community and nonprofit service, the art of giving back uh, to your community help with your client and relationship building? If you could talk a little bit about that and, and tell us how it has helped. Yeah, I think having a give-to-get mentality is incredibly important. I think it's a long-term approach to building business, but it's a quality approach, and it allows you to become more and more comfortable, particularly in a networking setting, if you have a mindset that, hey, I'm not here expecting to get anything. I'm here expecting to give and help others first. And that, to our last question about how you overcome shyness or perhaps some awkwardness in a networking situation, is one antidote. Look, all of us were raised by parents who told us not to talk to strangers. So no matter how good you get at this networking stuff, there's always that in the back of your mind, this hesitancy to talk to strangers. Why? Because that's what your folks taught you. So <laughs> if, you, if you take on a mentality of, I'm here to give and help others in order to get, I expect that the karma is going to be very good long term. I think that Mike, Josh, and myself can all um, testify that it works over time. And the best networkers, the best business people are those who are, Kind, they treat everyone with dignity and respect, and they always want to know, how can I help you? And that's a great icebreaker at any networking event is to say hello to someone and ask them, how can I help you with your business? So giving to get is, is good form. It's particularly important with not-for-profit or mission-oriented organizations because they need help. They're trying to help others themselves. And, you know, you can reposition yourself and become perceived as a leader, if you're not already a leader, by taking on that give-to-get role. How can I help your organization achieve its mission? Trust me, the not-for-profit organizations will welcome you with open arms if they perceive that you're that kind of person that, that sincerely wants to help. Is there is there one nonprofit organization, you know, Josh, Mike, and Tony, uh, that was so beneficial to you, but that also gave you so much joy and pleasure just because of their work, their mission. And you don't have to name the organization unless you want to, but talk a little bit about the experience. Um, I, I would say my first piece of advice for everyone is, is that if you are going to get engaged with a nonprofit, make sure it's a mission that you are passionate about. Again, this is where you can get a little selfish and, and put your personal interests at the forefront. Um, and then by getting engaged with that nonprofit and serving and helping them and connecting them with people in your network 
and helping them deliver on their mission, um, your network will grow within that organization and throughout the business community. Um, there are numerous organizations that I've been engaged with, and um, if I am passionate about it, um, what I have found is that I have been able to connect the nonprofit with people in my network that might benefit them um, or might benefit uh, the person that I'm trying to connect them with. And again, uh, you know, you are, you are rewarded uh, personally, but then, you know, at, at times you're, 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 you know, very lucky to then, you know, be afforded a business opportunity. So for mm -hmm. me, it's, it's really about choosing an organization that you are personally going to be passionate about. Uh, Mike, is there, uh, is there an organization that you were so passionate about that just gave you such joy and pleasure in their work? Well, I am passionate about education, especially for the inner-city children. That is my passion has always been. And everything I do um, in terms of trying to um, help an organization meet that mission, their goals and their vision, I am there. Um, but primarily, it, I, I, it's when charitable organizations, when it comes to giving and helping the disenfranchised, in terms of education, in terms of employment, um, that is where my passion lies. And I would add something to that, Barbara. Um, when you are involved in philanthropic organizations, many times the people who are you associated with, whether it be on a board or being involved, those are some of sometimes when you'll meet your most powerful advocates in terms of really helping you in your network, even though it was not intended. It was totally unintended. But those are the people who have, who have that passion because many of them have done what they want to do in life. They've met their goals, and sometimes they just come back because they just want to give. And when you meet like-minded people, those are the many people who are really connected, who connect you with others. As I said, even though it's not your intent, but still it becomes um, you end up getting more out of that than you ever expected to. But again, my passion is education for the inner city, uh, it's for the disenfranchised and the underemployed. Well, so you, you, you gain both from business, for some business relationships, but you also gain in doing something good and helping, um, helping others uh, along the way. And, and uh, all of us should be on this earth to uh, participate in that way. We're going to take another break uh, at this moment, uh, and then we will come back for our final segment of today's show on the art of networking and relationship building. It's been a great conversation so far. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Lang Strategies is the leader in providing businesses and nonprofits with insight on business development, operational excellence, political strategy, tactical planning, marketing communications, leadership management, and cultural transition services for international businesses. 
Each member of our team is an expert in their respective field, and each of them are dedicated to serving in the best interests of our diverse client base. Our business is to define our clients' needs and create a customized plan to exceed their goals and objectives. We compete aggressively and successfully for our clients' respect and trust. We also care deeply about the communities we serve, and our expertise in civic and grassroots campaigns serves our clients well on a variety of issues. We appreciate the faith, support, dedication, and investment of our clients and community in Lang Strategies, and we look forward to a successful and sustainable partnership. For more information or to put Lang Strategies to work for your organization, visit us on the web at langstrategies.com. That's langstrategies.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Insights and Strategies. To reach Barbara Lang or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to bboyer at langstrategies.com if you have any questions or comments about the program. Now, back to Insights and Strategies. I'm glad you stayed with us for our final segment. Let's continue the conversation with our guests, Tony Cord, uh, Mentha, Mike Cruz, and Josh Karen. Um, I, uh, there, there's so much that uh, we want to cover, and there's just not enough time for it all. But I, I'm going to start this question with you, Mike. I, I remember... Uh, when I first met you, probably 20-plus years ago, I was the chief procurement officer at Fannie Mae, and you came to see me, and you were pitching the Aspen Group uh, to get us to look at you to provide staffing services to Fannie Mae, which, by the way, I'll say it ultimately we did. But, uh, but what I remember about that meeting was your passion for your work and your persistence over the coming weeks to build the relationship with me. Describe how you went about that. Okay, so Barbara, I've learned a lot about you, first of all, what type of things. You know, I tried to find as much about you as I could, even to the point of when you came into work, so that I um, would be able to, I, you know, being the, an executive is very difficult to reach them, reach you. Also, you can't take everybody's call. So you've got to find a way. So what I did with you, I found out what was important to you and what message you wanted to get out. I wanted to build that relationship. I did it on two levels. One, I found out what time you came into work when you weren't busy, and I got you on the phone, and I got an appointment with you. <laughs> and um, and I think that was like 7 or 6.30 in the morning. And That's I was right. like persistent. <laughs> I was persistent. I said, I will get this lady one way or the other. Once I got in front of you, I wanted to be able to give something that would be helpful to you. I was part of an organization called um, the Black Human Resources Network, and we were very powerful. Uh, We were all about human resources, dealing with people. And I asked you if you would be a panelist, if you would come on so that you could put out your message in terms of what you wanted to say to people. And then that certainly, so what I was doing was giving something as opposed to asking for something. Mm -hmm. After I did that, uh, in terms of trying to give you 
some of the exposures, some of the things that you wanted that would help you personally as well as your organization, then I started to build that. And I wanted to, um, that gave me an opportunity then to really let you uh, hear me, hear what I was saying, to listen to what I was saying about the company because we were so small and it was difficult to break into a major organization like Fannie Mae. But once I got your attention, then you brought your staff in and they heard what we had to say. They liked it. And you went so far as to say, why don't we do this? You're small, but less because I'm impressed with your organization, your, your, your reputation and the delivery of service that you have with, with what you've done is outstanding because you checked our references. And then after doing that, you got your, your group in and you said, you know what? We are going to pair you with a larger organization and then pairing you with a larger organization that has a national presence because you only have a local presence. Well, we're now going to pair you with a national. Once you did that, our company became national and then international. Had it not been for that relationship, had it not been for that connection, had it not been for us being able to deliver on what we said and have an excellent reputation, and really, and having that network, we never would have been able to grow our company to a $50 million company. So one thing led to the other, and once you brought your team in, your team really came in. Not only did they work with us, but they became surrogates in a sense that they protected us against. Many times when you are in the business that we're in and you pair yourself with a larger company, that company will eat your lunch because all they want to do is get in the door. But your people made a point of saying that is not going to happen when they attempted to do it. And you allowed us, I'll never forget what was said. You said, and your team said, you will be able to get as much business as you can acquire, as much as you can deliver, You whether it's 10%, 15%, 20%, 50%. As it turned out, when we got through, we had 80% of that business, mm-hmm. and the scorecard that we got was exceeded expectations. But because, you know, but that was a way that I, I, I identified you. I started to find out who you were, what you liked, what your schedule was, and then I found a way to find something of value that you would benefit yourself. And you did that very well. And I can remember today having the conversation with the CEO of Fannie Mae at the time uh, saying, uh, Barbara, this had better work. I do not need people picketing outside of Fannie Mae. And I promised him that uh, that it would. So it ended up being uh, a very good relationship. And you did it well, which is why I wanted to highlight how you went about building that relationship. So do any of you have just one relationship, and you don't have to talk about uh, who it was or anything like that, but that was difficult for you to build? And, and just kind of describe a little bit about it. So nobody Barbara, had a difficult- I would say that, you know, sometimes, um, again, using the analogy of dating, sometimes it's just not a good fit. And I right. think it's important to recognize that. And I think that... You know, when you meet someone and you're trying to build that relationship to, to, to then grow into a business relationship, and if it's if it's just not, if it's not going to work if for whatever reason it might be, I think it's important to recognize it and move on. Uh, that way, you can focus on something that might be a little bit more 
um, uh, rewarding. So I think it's, you know, again, uh, using the analogy of dating, you know, you, you have that first cup of coffee and it just might not be the match that, that you were hoping for. You know, you just respectfully and nicely, you know, part ways. Um, I would never burn a bridge. I would never burn a bridge. Um, I, would, I would say I'm, I'm always amazed where I have thought something might not work out and six months goes by, a year goes by, and then it rekindles. Uh, and um, and then it turns into something beautiful. But I think, again, you can't be afraid to just say this is not a good fit for whatever reason and, and, and move on. And, and not at this time. Maybe another time, but not at this time. Um, I want to go back to something that Tony Cord uh, mentioned earlier in the relation uh, in the in the show. I think it was in the first segment, uh, and this is about being prepared when you go into an event and have your cards, your business cards, in what in one particular place, and the cards that you're going to receive in another particular place. And this is very key to uh, our women listeners because I know how guilty. I have been of not having um, having to go dig in my purse, and many times we are not in the suits with the breast pockets and the that the guys have, and so we've got to be very clear about making sure that we are prepared and have our cards and have everything that we want to do in the right place such that we don't fumble. So, Tony, I think that was an excellent uh, kernel of advice and shows, again, why you're so good at, uh, at what you do. Um, any other thoughts? We just have a minute or so before we close. Any other thoughts that you all have that you'd like to add at this moment? No, Barbara, I just, I have a couple that I think that um, you need, whatever industry you're in, you need to be well-read. You need to know what's going on uh, because that is a, when we talk about a way to build relationships. Um, if, you know, when you have knowledge, you have information, and when you know what's going on, and whether it be a client, know what's going on in that client space or know what's going on in your industry, and that gives you a point where you can build that bridge uh, I think the second thing is that no matter what anybody says, you've got to be present. If you're present, people see you. That brings value in and of itself. They start to get used to seeing you. And thirdly, I'd like to say that um, when you're looking at, when you talk about difficulty, um, in, there have been many um, situations where I've had difficulty in getting to a person, but I've been able to do it definitely do it to other people. And after having done that, that relationship has been so solid and so good over the years that even when my company, I don't care where you are, your company will get in trouble at some point in time. And it could be, it could be anything. But when you want to be honest with your, your client, you want to let your client know about it, and you never want to put your client in jeopardy. But when that happens... Your client is your best friend, your best advocate. They will go overboard for you. So those thank are just some things I want to add. Well, thank you. And I think we have to leave it there. My producer is telling me we're running out of time. We had so much to talk about. Uh, there are several takeaways from today's discussion, building relationships one at a time, be friendly, making a connection, accept people the way they are, and invite people to be, get involved and ask questions. We certainly thank our guest today, Tony Cord, Amentham Cruz, Mike Cruz, and Josh Karen. You all were terrific, and we could go on for another hour if we had it. 
Uh, you have been listening to Insights and Strategies. I am your host, Barbara Lang, Managing Principal and CEO at Lang Strategies here in the nation's capital. We hope you will join us for next week's show where we will talk to women at the top, their challenges and opportunities. Remember, people are divided into three groups. Some people make things happen. Some people watch things happen. Others wonder, what happened? What group are you? Thank you. Good day. Thank you for tuning in this week to Insights and Strategies. Remember to join your host, Barbara Lang, each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.